I want to thank you, Hunter, for praying for our nerves. I'm already feeling it. Feeling better. <laughs> Hopefully I preach better than I uh, song led. So <laughs> we're going to be in Mark 14, 32. Mark 14, 32. And thank you, Pastor, for letting us have the opportunity to be out here. And thank you all to you guys for having the patience to, uh, to bear my song leaning to. I mean, Hunter had a great message, but, you know, we'll see what, what happens with mine. But um, I, we, we appreciate, appreciate every one of you guys. We hope you guys know that. Um, and if you guys ever need anything from us, I mean, we'll always be here. We'll be in Oklahoma, but we'll still be here. <laughs> um, so if you can't stand, we're going to be... Yeah. So we're going to be in uh, Mark 14, 32, if you could stand for the reading of God's Word today. Um, and we're going to be reading from verses 32 to 36. It says, And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit ye here while I shall pray. And just before I keep reading, I want to give you guys a little bit of the background of what's going on. So this is right after the Passover, and this is when Jesus Christ is about to get taken by the soldiers, and he's about to go through the process of getting put to the cross. Um, and at this point in his life, he's starting to become a little bit of uh, heaviness. He's starting to feel pain and the pressures of what it would feel like to have our sins on his shoulder. And so on, in verse 32, it says, and they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he saith to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. And saith unto them, My soul is exceedingly, exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but will that wilt. And he's referring to the cup as the uh, submission to the cross. And that's what he's trying to communicate to the Father. Um, so you guys can be seated. Um, the title of this message is The Submissive Agony in the Garden. The Submissive Agony in the Garden. Dear Lord God, thank you for this day. God, thank you for uh, just letting us have the opportunity to preach. Father, I pray that you would calm my nerves. God, I pray that you would open the hearts to all of us tonight to get what you would have for us. Um, and that you would just help us to grow uh, each and every day to be more and more like you, Jesus. And we thank you and we pray this all in your precious name. Amen. Uh, so there, there are difficulties in every person's life. I don't think a difficulty is, is hard for us to understand. We may experience the loss of a loved one. We understand that pain. We understand the difficulties of having a healthy marriage. I don't understand that yet, but there's some of us tonight that would understand that. We know the difficulty at times of having a child be wayward. We have known the difficulty of a family illness or knowing someone in the family who has been hurting or in a health predicament themselves. Some of us may understand working as hard as you possibly can just to make ends meet. All of these could be troubles that we can experience, but nothing can be compared to what Jesus was feeling that night. You see, our Savior was placed in Gethsemane with the pressures and the pain of not his own consequences and situations that he brought on himself, but for us. Um, it says that Jesus' soul was exceedingly sorrowful even unto death in the verse. 
Uh, it says in Mark 14, 33 through 34, And he taketh with him Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed, and to be very heavy. And saith unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry he and watch. You know, distrust in this, uh, in this passage, in the verse, is from the Greek word, word ekthambio. I'm in Greek class, so I can say that. Um, but in this verse, it, it means to be thrown down and to tear. And just, just so you guys really understand, I mean, our Lord Jesus is in the mountain and he's thrown down and tear. You see, Jesus didn't run away from the, the trouble that he was feeling that night, but he went to God in prayer. In all this agony and pain, the Lord decided to go in prayer. It says in Mark 15, 35 through 36, if you want to look at that one, it says, And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things were possible unto, ye, unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what that will. Um, a published article by a man named Mr. Dawson stated, In the Garden of Gethsemane, as Peter, James, and John, his disciples, slept, Jesus engaged spiritually with the forsakenness of the cross before that he was ever even arrested and crucified. He faced one final temptation to flee from the path of the cross and let the world face judgment instead of himself. And through his earnest prayers, he made the agonizing decision to say, Not my will, but thine be done. And pulling that into today's world, we also have the decision to make when we go through difficult and troubling times. You know, will we escape to find shelter in the presence of the Lord? Or are we going to try to find shelter and presence in the world's dealings and in the world's way of getting uh, better in life? Oswald Chambers, he was an evangelist um, for the Lord. And he said that we tend to use prayer as our last resort. When something happens to us, we look inside our heart and see, what can I do to make the, better, the best decision here? What can I do to uh, make the outcome better? Uh, we pray when there's nothing else we can do, but God wants us to pray before we do anything at all. And that's exactly what our Jesus was doing in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus prayed a prayer of great desire to be close to the Father. He said, Abba, Father... In Mark 14, 36, all things were possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me, nevertheless, not what I will, but what that will. And this, this kind of shows his 100% humanity, but he's also 100% in his deity. His deity is his Godhead. It's, it's what makes him God. It's what made him be able to go into the, the crowd and say, you're healed from your, your blindness and, and you can walk again. That was his deity. But his humanity is, is on the, his knees, bowing down to Christ, sweating drops of blood, saying, please pass this cup for me. He understood the pain that we all feel today. He understood the agony. He felt the agony that we have, have felt before, but his was even heavier. He understood that he would be physically unrecognizable to the people when he was on the cross. He understood the beatings and lashes that he was going to receive. He knew that he would have a moment in the crucifixion when he was on the cross and so heavy with the sins of us that he was going to have God look away from him. The one person that was giving him all the strength look away. Jesus in this moment pleaded that God would pass the cup away from him. God would pass the situation that God wanted him to go through and that there would be another way. But at the end of the prayer, he said, Nevertheless, not what I will, but what that wilt." 
He was completely submissive to, the, uh, to God's will for his life. And what amazes me the most, and I'm not going to have you because we don't really have time for it, but even during the whole time of him going to the cross, if you just keep reading the chapter after chapter and after the chapter, you see that, the G- that Jesus responds each and every time of the, the heaviness and the heartache and the ridiculing and the spitting and the, and the beating and the, the agony that he was feeling mentally. He responded in complete submission to the Lord's will. There's not one moment in, the, in any chapter from that point on where he ever back down on what Christ was telling him to do. He came in fully surrendered to God. When he was spat upon, when he was unrecognizable, when Peter denied him, those he followed so close to, his friends that were supposed to be right next to him, when he was crying out to my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He kept 100% in the will of God. You know, we focus so much on the physical aspect of Jesus because I think it's just easy as humans to think about that because that's what we can kind of understand. And we can't really understand the mental agony. But never once in the scriptures was, was Jesus ever saying that he hurt from all the pain that he was feeling physically. He was, he was way more burdened about what he was feeling internally. When he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was not talking about the pain that he was feeling in his arms or the, the the nails that were in his arms, or any, any kind of pain like that. He was talking about what was going on internally. And so when we look at Christ and we see, okay, I would never want to go through the pain physically that he went through, I don't think we give him enough credit for what he went through mentally for us. Um, someone says that he was in the point of death and he experienced hell. So we didn't have to. It was a dark moment for the Lord. And I just, I wonder what uncomfortability or difficulty in our life is making you stray from following the Lord in the full submission that he wants you to be in. Is it the uncomfortability of being the man you need to be to your family when you've had a long day at work? Is it when you have the opportunity to witness to those around you, but you decide internally, I just don't really feel like it. I feel uncomfortable. This isn't me. Is it loving those that despitefully use you and you know they hate you and you don't want to talk to them, but you know that God wants you to talk to them? And, you know, I wish that I could just, I, I don't know your guys' life. I'm not, I'm not in it every day, but I, I know that every, every one of us have times in our life where it can be hard to be submissive to what the Lord wants. And I, I just want to know if there's an area, in, possibly in our lives today, where you know that the Lord has convicted you about surrendering, just like Jesus was fully surrendered to the cross, but we just don't want to give it up. We don't want to go through the uncomfortability. You know, during, doing the right thing will most of the time never be easy. It's honestly not a path that we're all willing and wanting to take. Uh, but doing the right thing never honestly feels pleasing to the flesh. Every time I wake up or attempt to wake up for my, my Bible devotions, I'm not waking up thinking, oh man, I feel so tired right now, this is great. I'm going to get up and, and feel good. I, I'm feeling the complete opposite. I'm clicking the snooze button a million times. I, I actually I stayed with Pastor when I was interning, and uh, he told me how many times I clicked the snooze button before. <laughs> it was constantly. I mean, doing the right thing isn't always easy, but it's what the Lord wants. And what's, what's even more crazy to me is in Hebrews 12, too, I'm not going to have you turn there for the sake of time, but it says that 
looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, Jesus was able to be completely overcome by the agony and all the pain. He was able to overcome that and stayed in submission despite the mental agony by keeping his eyes focused on the redemption of others. And I just wonder tonight what you are keeping your eyes on. You know, there, just like Jesus said, that, I mean, could you imagine, although he felt the, the mental agony and the pain, he also, it says in Hebrews that he had joy doing it because he had the redemption of others on his mind. He had the victory in sight of all the pain and the hurt. And, you know, there's going to be rewards for us living the Christian life. You know, the rewards of keeping your eyes on your family and, and, and God honoring that. And you having that family that you can have. Or a God honoring man, uh, marriage. It basically, there's just moments in our life that when we stay submissive, the Lord will take care of us. And the Lord will bring to pass the victories in our life. But a lot of the times, we don't want to go through it, so we don't even get to see the blessings in the hard times. You know, there, there's a quote that says that, um, if I didn't know the hard times, I wouldn't know the good times to compare the two. And sometimes in our life, the Lord wants to bring us to the hard times so he can show us the blessings after. And you know, every one of us has daily battles of being fully submitted to God. We have a failed flesh. General William Booth, he was a missionary, and he, he did a lot of great things for the Lord. Um, he says that someone once asked him to reveal the secrets of his success. After some hesitation, tears came to his eyes, and he said, I will tell you the secret. God has had all there was in me. There have been men with greater brains than I have, men with greater opportunities. But from that day, I got the poor of London on my heart and caught a vision of what Jesus could do with them. I made up my mind that God should have all of William Booth. It was this which led Dr. J. Wilbur Chapman, the questioner, to remark, I learned from William Booth that the greatness of a man's power is in the measure of his surrender. The power of God can only be seen when we have complete surrender to him. And I just want to know if the Lord has all of you today. Is there a decision you need to make that you know the Lord has pricked you about many different times before, maybe even just today, but you haven't surrendered it to him? You see, Jesus Christ endured the agony and the pain of the cross in full submission to God. Jesus Christ looked upon the redemption of men and looked past the agony and pain he experienced. You know, the Lord may be calling you to a cross today, a situation that seems too heavy to bear. I've actually just, um, I'm not going to get too personal with it, but the Lord has been, has been making things evident in my life. And there's been some situations that I have had to get down on my knees and just say, Lord, I don't understand. This doesn't look right. It's not the comfortable position. It's not what I want to be in right now. But I know this is your will. I know this is your will for my life. And we are missing out when we don't fully surrender. Someone said, don't be afraid of doing God's will. Be afraid of not doing God's will. Because it's only then when you really don't get to experience life the way that the Lord wants you to. And it's not about us, but... There's no better life than the one that the Lord has in for you. And if that's carrying a cross for a little bit so you can see the holiness and the glory of God, then you've got to carry the cross. And the Lord says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 
Jesus was committed to the cross. He was committed to the will of the Father. And I just want to ask all of you guys personally tonight, what are you committed to? Is there an area where you have not fully surrendered your all to him? Uh, someone told me as like an illustration as a keys. I, I'm not really going to do it because I don't, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure how it goes too well. Uh, but he pulled out some keys and he said it's almost like you're giving God your keys. And each key is like a different situation in your life or a different surrender to the Lord. And you give God one key and you give God the next key and you give God the next key. But secretly in your pocket you have one key. The Lord knows about it. He knows what's in your pocket. But you look at him and you tell him you can't do it. It's too heavy. It's too hard. I don't want to give this key to you, God. It's all I have left. It's the only thing that my flesh can hold on to. It's the only thing that makes me feel like I have joy. And the Lord might be calling us tonight to give him every key. And maybe you have given him every key. And to that, I would just tell you uh, that you're doing the right thing. And to just keep holding on to Christ and that his grace is sufficient. And you might not understand exactly why you're going through what you're going through. But in the end of it all, you'll understand. And for those tonight, maybe, maybe you don't even understand truly what Christ did on the cross. Maybe, maybe you feel lost. Maybe for every day you've been, uh, you've been trying and you've been really, really trying to get that relationship with Christ. And you just feel like there's just a barrier between you and God. You feel like every day you wake up and you just feel, you just feel empty. You just feel this void. And you try to fulfill it in the money that you make. And you try to fulfill it in, in the different desires of your life. And you try to say, okay, well, uh, the lust in, in this area, the desires that I have in this area, that will complete me. But the only completeness is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so if you're here tonight and you don't, even, you don't know who, who Jesus is or you know about him, but you've never personally accepted him as your Christ and your Savior, that is a decision that will be the most important in your life. And you may, you may not agree with me on that, but I promise you, you will when Jesus Christ comes again. And Jesus Christ's experience tells so we don't have to. And I like to make an illustration about going to the doctor. If, if someone were to get all, all the different classes that they needed to get, and they went to the hospital and they became a doctor, it would still be your job to go to the doctor to get, to get healed. If you crack your head open, you can't get mad at the doctor for dying because you didn't go to the doctor to get saved and, and to get helped by. And Jesus Christ, the only thing that he wants us to do is to go to him. And I... I'm not sure who in here may have not gone to him before, but it's worth it. And you may not understand. You might have a conviction, and you might feel like, I don't understand, and, and it's too much pressure to go. But after you make that decision to get that right with Christ, it'll be the best decision that you ever made. And sometimes we really don't understand, and our head is not clear for what the Lord has called us to do for us Christians or even for us just in general. But we have to follow God in trust. Because if you can only imagine what our lives would look like if Jesus never submitted to the will of God, our life would be terrible. And just like God had a perfect plan for Jesus, he has a perfect plan for each one of us today. And Jesus Christ stayed faithful, and I'm just imploring you guys to do the same. And it's not easy, and I'm not saying it's easy, and I'm still trying, and I fail at times. But I just think that we could all come together as a church and just really try our hardest to follow the Lord each and every day of our lives. That's all I have for us today. Thank you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to have a time of invitation. Are you submitted? Are you surrendered? 
Here are two messages. And one kept speaking of being.